the best I'm blessed to know that lust is a test I used to be the victim now I'm just envisioning I'm knowing this is I'm Susie Landolfi and welcome to Be Crazy Well Now why would a therapist say that Because we all have mental health struggles even therapists The good news is we have so much more information about how we can be crazy well On my podcast we don't focus on what's wrong with us we want to know what happened to us. We're going to explore how trauma affected us, both negatively and positively. That's right. I said positively. It's called post-traumatic growth, and it's a real thing. Be Crazy Well will share mental health wellness practices, the newest mental health research, and most importantly, how we all get to create the person we deserve to be and the life we deserve to live. So join the mental health evolution and be crazy well. To see within is to know yourself. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Be Crazy Well. I called it that because I really believe that we all can improve our craziness. And I say that with all due love and respect because sometimes we call people crazy who we admire. And we say, oh, my God, they're so crazy. I wish I could do some of those things. I wish I could get on the dance floor without having that glass or bottle of wine. I wish I could go on that trip by myself. I wish I could go back to school at 50. I wish I. They're so crazy. So crazy has a very interesting connotation. And for me, it means that we can challenge ourselves and we can be disruptors. We can actually challenge the world if we want. We just have to do it well. And what does that mean? Because some of us may have a very very different definition of well and what well means. So for me, well means that I am congruent. And that's a word that we learn when we start to study psychology, but it should be a word for all of us. Congruent means that your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions are one. They are the same. It means that I tell the truth. It means I act the truth and I feel my truth. It means that you can count on me to not bullshit you. That basically I'm going to be able to say what I mean, mean what I say, and not say it mean. Now, none of us are brought up to be congruent. In fact, we're actually brought up to lie and to learn how to lie and to practice lying. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about lying. And I did a a group today and we talked about all the reasons why we lie. We came up with some great reasons. We came up with the reason that we lie because we want power. We lie because we don't want to get punished. We lie because we don't want to hurt someone's feelings. We lie because we want to do what we want to do and not have to do what we don't. We lie because we want to feel better about ourselves than we do. And I could go on and on about how many reasons we lie. One of which was for me was I was a protector. So I lied in order to protect my mom, in order to protect others. Sometimes I lied too to protect myself. 
And sometimes I lied to myself. So there's a, a great philosopher that said, uh, Dostoevsky, that said, we are more, more apt to lie to ourselves than to others. And I thought about that and I went, oh my goodness, before I actually started to do this work, I was great at lying to myself. In fact, I was such a good liar that I could have been a triple agent. That's right. I could have just lied and then lied to the other person and then lied back to somebody else. It didn't matter because I was living in fear and sadness all the time. So everything I did was to protect myself from being wrong. Now, when I say that, I want you to know that I didn't come to this conclusion that I was wrong by myself. Someone had to constantly tell me that I was wrong. And as a little girl, my father, who struggled with you know, the effects of trauma and substance use and everything else, he lashed out at me a lot as a little kid, uh, when I was a little kid, and he kept telling me I was wrong. I was so wrong that he actually said to me, I wish you were never born. That's how wrong I was. Now, as a child, there's only one way I can take that is the truth that I believed that I was wrong. So growing up and then as an adult, I would do anything to not be wrong, to not be found out. So I would lie, oh, about some of the smallest things. Like, hey, Susie, did you see that new Batman movie? Oh, yeah. Because I was so sure that if I hadn't seen it, I was wrong, that something was wrong with me. So I really had to take a look at lying to others. And then I started to learn about lying to myself. Now, what does that look like? Well, the first way I used to lie to myself is by minimizing when something is dangerous. Now, I'm not just talking about jumping out of an airplane or, or something like that. I'm talking about something that's dangerous, like being around people who are dangerous, being around situations that could put me physically at harm, emotionally at harm, or financially at harm. So I wanted to really think about and share with you what it's like to take a look at yourself without judgment, without judgment, no condemnation about, oh, I lie to myself, that's so bad. No, I would much rather us understand why we lie to ourselves, who taught us that. And we look at both sides. Did it help me? Sometimes it did. And how did it hurt me? Because it did that as well. So one of the ways that I learned to lie to myself was when I was younger, I, people would come and see my family, they'd see the poverty, or they'd hear about some of the issues that were going on. And they'd say, are you okay? I'm fine. I'd say, no problem. I'm fine. Are you sure you're okay? Oh, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm good. One of the most dangerous lies is saying that you're better off physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, and financially than you are. And I carried that for a long time. And I did that for a long time until one day 
when my shit started to hit the fan, I went to talk to a therapist, which no one had ever done in my family. We're a blue collar family. We don't go and we don't tell people our shit. We just suck it up and we don't say anything. So it was a big deal for me to be able to go to a therapist and share what happened. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, when uh, the time that I had the opportunity to have someone come in and help me clean my house, of course, I cleaned it before they got there because I didn't want them to see that my house wasn't clean. So what did I do before I went to a therapist is I made sure that I lined up all of my issues and my trauma in order so that when I shared them with her, uh, I would be very organized and put together. So I'm sitting in this chair. She's sitting opposite me and a wonderful elderly woman, kind of like me now. And uh, she was uh, very kind. And she said to me, so Susie, tell me why you're here now. Like, tell me what happened to you and how did you get here? So give me a little history. So I started right out from my childhood and I started to list some of the worst childhood abuse and trauma. And I listed them like, oh, like the list at the grocery store that I was buying all that. So I did that. Well, first this happened and then that happened and then this happened. And I'm going through, I'm telling you, horrific trauma for a child to go through like it was nothing. And because I was so hell-bent on getting it in order, I wasn't looking at her reaction. Till finally there was a little break of maybe a list of about 20 things. I was probably at number 15. And I looked up. And what I saw was her hand was over her mouth. There were tears in her eyes and she was shaking her head back and forth. And I turned my head like a dog when they, we make a funny sound. And then I looked behind me to see what had happened behind me to make her so upset. Well, there was nothing behind me but a wall. Why was she so upset? I was so confused. And I continued to look at her eyes. And as the tears rolled out of her eyes, my eyes filled up with tears. And I realized what I have been doing. I had been minimizing the trauma all my life. And it finally hit me what happened to me. So that was the first lie I had to get over, that I, I had to tell myself I went through a lot of things. I also had to be able to say that I'm still going through awful things. When my grandson got leukemia twice, yeah, that's right, twice. I mean, why twice? Well, I joke with him and say because he comes from a family of overachievers. When my daughter struggled, with substance use. When my father, sister, brother, uh, and uh, let's say father, sister, brother, and mother all died at 56 years old, all of them. Well, my brother made it to 57. That's when I was an adult going through a divorce. And all of these things, when I'm going through them, I get to admit and see the seriousness of that moment. Now, some people would say, well, yeah, but then you'll fall apart or like, maybe, 
maybe you'll fall apart for a short period of time, maybe even for a long period of time. The idea is if we fall apart, don't we get to recreate, to rebuild in a way that we won't fall apart the next time that happens? That that's an opportunity to recreate the person we deserve to be and the life we deserve to live. So lying to yourself about how difficult, how dangerous, how sad, how scary something is, is actually a great superpower. And it gives us the opportunity to come up with solutions that actually fit the problem. That we can actually come up with things that will help us like stop or lessen collateral damage to ourselves and to others. Now, that's lying to ourselves. What about lying to others and justifying it because we don't want to hurt their feelings or they'll never understand or they'll get so upset we're causing more problems for them than we are help? Well, we might want to say that that's adding to their problem because now we're helping them minimize their situation. So one of the greatest things that I learned to do was to be able to really answer someone's question honestly. I was able to be able to say, when they had asked me, Susie, how bad do you think this is? Or what do you think I should do? Is this like really terrible? Is this awful? And I could say, this looks very serious. This could cause even more problems if not dealt with now. This is a dangerous situation and you deserve to protect yourself and your children or your family or your friends or your coworkers. That being able to tell the truth can actually help save people. It may increase their anxiety. It may increase their fear. It may increase their guilt and their grief. At the same time, it offers them an honest assessment from someone who cares. It starts the process of finding a solution. So I've really been practicing and making sure that when people come to me and tell me their story and they ask me, what do you think? I give them an honest assessment from my perspective. Now, one of my strengths can also be one of my weaknesses, and that's true for all of us. So what I mean by that is that I can actually gain perspective and strength from my ability to have a high tolerance for bad behavior. I'm just going to say it that way. So being a little child and coming from abuse, I had to learn to be able to live with it because I couldn't change it. So on the one hand, I have a superpower. I'm able to be able to you know, be around people uh, that are struggling and maybe doing things that are hurtful to themselves and others. And I can tolerate a lot of that. I'm sure that's a very good gift for me as a therapist, that I can sit with people while they're 
sharing things and not get overwhelmed. So that's the superpower part of it. The other part of it is, well, I I can actually tolerate a lot of bad behavior. That can make me an enabler so that I don't set boundaries. If I can tolerate something so much that I don't hold that person accountable or I don't hold the boundaries firm, then I'm enabling more bad behavior. I'm actually putting them and myself at more risk. So this is a wonderful opportunity to think about where's the middle ground here? Where's the middle way of being able to understand what is a superpower and what actually can put us at risk, especially in when it comes to being honest. Let's talk about children for a second, because people ask me that a lot. And they'll say to me, well, you know, I shouldn't tell the kids the truth because they're too young. One of the things I would ask you is maybe they already know the truth, but you might want to check that out. Most children know when we're not well, when we're upset, when we're struggling, they energetically, intuitively can see it and feel it. First place they usually feel it is in their stomach. You have a child with a lot of stomach aches, they're holding a lot of that stress, uh, could be holding a lot of that stress and that fear and sadness around what they already know is happening. They're going to watch how family members relate and they're going to be able to know whether or not there's true caring and safety or not. So when people say to me, well, you know, they're too young, I can't tell them. There's always a version of the truth that is a step process for development. Very simple one could be, mommy, you look upset. Are you upset? Are you sad? Yes, I am. I'm a little sad right now. Okay, Are you mad at daddy? Are you mad at mommy? Are you mad at my brother? Well, I'm a little sad and scared because of how they're behaving. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to do some deep breathing. And then I'm going to go and talk to them for a while and see if we can work something out. There's so many ways we can tell the truth. There's questions we can ask. What are you seeing and hearing from us? And what do you think is going on? Well, I think you're getting a divorce. I think that you and daddy hate each other. You and mommy hate each other. You and daddy and daddy hate each other. You and mommy and mommy hate each other. And um, and I, I think you're getting a divorce. Okay. I appreciate you telling me what you feel, what you see. And we don't know if we're getting a divorce. All we know right now is that we're struggling. And we're going to go get some help. Because when you struggle, if I was having to lift a big, heavy box right now, you know, I would ask you, I would call you right downstairs and say, hey, help me with this big box. It's too heavy for me. So these emotions are too heavy. And so um, we're going to go get some help. It helped me so much when I realized that I deserve the truth. First, I deserve it for myself, from myself. And then the people I care about also deserve it. Because ultimately, that's what trust is built on. I also think that honesty is kind. 
I think it's respectful. And I think it gives us the very best chance to be able to create the life we deserve. It can be painful. It can be really terrifying. And like I said to you earlier about being wrong, I hate making mistakes. I hate it. And what I've learned is that I always grow from them. So I may not like them. I don't particularly like admitting them. Although now I play a game with myself. I make a mistake. I always say to my grandson, I make at least five mistakes a day and that's on a good day. I'm going to be the first person to own my mistake because I'm not lying anymore. And my daughter said something very interesting to me. She said, you know, mom, when we make a mistake, we shouldn't say we're sorry. And I said, well, okay, we shouldn't apologize. What, what should we say? And she said, we should say I was wrong. I said, Whoa, there's that word again, being wrong. You know, the one I was afraid of so much. And then I said, well, what should we say after that? And she said, we should say something like, how can I make it better? How can I make it up to you? How can I help make it better? Because I was wrong. Wow. I love that. So sometimes I'm really wrong. <laughs> but I'm not wrong because I was born. I'm wrong because, well, because I'm a human being. And all of us, well, we're always not going to be perfect. The one thing we can do, though, is we can own it. We can own our shit. I might actually write a book called Own Your Shit. I think that's a good idea because we don't want to lie about it anymore. So that's how we are now. We are owning our stuff. We're telling the truth to ourselves and others. And the only time we can lie, I, I did say to my grandson, there are two times that I can think of we can lie. And that's when we are want to save someone else's life or our own. So all lying is not bad. <laughs> that is for sure. Um, I love doing this with you. Uh, I would love you to contact me. I would love to have you on the podcast. I don't always have to go find somebody in the news or someone that's doing something spectacular. You're doing something spectacular too, because you want to know. Anybody that listens to podcasts, especially one called Be Crazy Well, you want to know and you want to change. So just write me. Let me know. And we'll call you in and uh, call you up and put you on Zoom. And you can be part of the Be Crazy Well so that we can share with one another and we can help one another. Be more honest, right? And be funny too at the same time. All right. I want to thank everybody who helps make Be Crazy Well uh, uh, well recorded and on a podcast. Cindy Thompson, oh my God, what would we do without her? Um, and I want to thank Kai uh, Calvin Love for the song, Be Your Best Self, because that's what we get to do. All right, everybody, have a great week, and we'll see you again, and join me again on Be Crazy Well.
You've been feeling lust, but you just call it love. Love is what you give, but lust is mistrust. And